Thanks for calling for having me. Alright, alright, alright. I was waiting. Alright. Let me get one more breath real quick. Five, four, three, two, one, and let go. Right. Oh, no, stop, stop, stop. Take what it. Do do let your one? breathing return to normal. How do you feel? Really good. A little lightheaded. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> kind of the point. It's not uh, very. It's not something you don't want to do like in a car. I'm not an Olympic diver. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's that's actually um, that's how like surfers will train for uh, like falling on big waves. I think that yeah. they'll basically like you, you do this thing. I, I can't remember what the exact term was, but it's called like breath packing. Mm-hmm. Or I think you literally just do that where you go like, <laughs> and you, you basically like just learn to like, com- like completely like fill your lungs up like super, super fast. Right before you hit the water. Yeah. Because like you're, then you're going to get tumbled. It's actually cool to watch the videos of them. Like they'll have like the guys like just like thrashing around in a pool. <laughs> but, um, like, gotta get air. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I feel like if I was in that situation, I'd probably die. But, um, but anyhow. So moving on to our conversation <laughs> <Sure>. about <laughs> music, a little bit different than deep breathing. Um, so to begin, I had a couple of questions about you and your growing up in Chicago. So I know that some people, they start on music when they're like two or three years old, but others come to music a little bit later in life. So how, how do you feel like, or what point in your life do you feel like music kind of first started appearing? Obviously you've been listening to it for a while, but. Yeah, I mean, besides like, basic like high school band type stuff yeah. really wasn't anything on my radar i was uh-huh. really more focused on like visual arts yeah yeah um, and in chicago i opened up an art gallery and we started throwing these events in the basement of the gallery uh, around what age this would be like early like 21-ish or okay, so got it, got yeah it. so i had like gone to college for a little bit came back to chicago and then i moved to asia for a year and when i came back from asia i decided to start doing some events and I opened up this gallery space called Zoku and we were throwing these events in the basement of it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And yeah. so real quick, do you you said that you did like some high school band and whatnot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like really, really really basic. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then um when you were over in Asia, did you did you feel like you engaged in any sort of musical stuff over there or was it yeah. just purely I was, like I was like I was teaching English out there mm-hmm. um and I was like doing a lot of street art out there as well. Yeah. It was kind of like my two focuses. Uh-huh. Just eating delicious food at night. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, uh, for sure. Yeah, when I came back, we like opened up the gallery and we started throwing these parties in the basement. And I had a lot of friends who were DJs and musicians and they uh-huh. would come play the shows. And uh, basically they kind of all urged me like, you should learn as well, like play yeah. your own party. So I kind of, we had like the setup already there for the parties. So I just kind of started like fiddling around with the DJ equipment and uh-huh. got like down the basics of DJing. Uh huh, 100%. So mostly at the beginning, you were just like the, 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 what's the word? Like the, the, the catalyst, like bringing people together. And yeah, kind of it was just like, like yeah, it's had like this event space and I was promoting like our own shows at the event space and uh-huh. gallery shows. And, um, there was this one guy who, like, maybe he was homeless. I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can never tell. <laughs> but like, he had like this crazy, disco record like vinyl collection yeah. and like turntables and all stuff and like one mm-hmm. day he dropped them off at the gallery yeah. and just like left all this stuff there for like six months really and he was like i don't know i think like 
his housing situation turned around. I don't know what's going on with them. <laughs> it's like, I just need to store these here. I just need to store these here for a little <laughs> Indefinitely. while. Indefinitely. Indefinitely. <laughs> and then like six months later. But like we had these turntables. Wait, did he come back? He did come back. Okay. So he did come back. He did come back, yeah. <laughs> but like for six months, we just had all his equipment there, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we throw in the parties and whatnot. And mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, kind of just went from there. And so did you get your start on vinyl? Or were you first? Not really. I mean, we had the vinyl there. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, really, I wasn't like, and now it's funny because now I like disco a lot. And back yeah. then I was like really into like this like indie electro pop type stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And obviously I didn't have vinyl records of that. So I was using Tractor. 100%. Started. Yeah. So, so for how about, about how long was that whole period of you just throwing the parties before you started like engaging more into the actual like DJing and whatnot? Uh, was so, it like pretty rapidly? Like you got it going and you got, you brought these friends together and then they're like, all right, like I'm going to start trying to DJ myself. Yeah, probably about a year or so mm-hmm. throwing the parties and then finally started DJing maybe a little bit after that. Uh-huh. And then at what point did you start getting into the production side of things? I guess that would be a little bit further along. Maybe way be further along. Way yeah. further along. Okay. Um, Cause we had, so like we were doing those parties and then um, I met Lewis and autograph mm-hmm. and gave him his first like loft party show. Yeah. And then we had a sp- another loft space together that was like uh-huh. just for parties at uh-huh. that point. Um, called members only AB mm-hmm. and things kind of like went really well with that. Um, we did a lot of like after parties for people like justice and crystal castle. Absolutely. That's yeah. um, and they would come like, just kind of play these after parties at our place. Mm-hmm. And so do you, do you feel like when you were bringing these artists in, you were making connections with them as well? Or is it kind of just being the guy who's running the space where it's more just like you bring them in, you book them and then it was like, not as, so like they weren't even getting paid. There was like after parties. Oh, okay. So got it. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I wasn't even like booking them. It was just like, you want to like do something fun after your show. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's like, throw this after party basically uh-huh. and I can like pay my rent by charging people like five or ten bucks to get in <laughs> got it got it so what, what was like the incentive for them to doing that like just literally because it was like a, f- a cool thing to do yeah because like you're just friends thing. and like they're chilling yeah yeah it's just like a cool thing to do um mm-hmm. af- afterwards because like you know like especially for like a lot of like the shows that they were playing like they would you know those shows would end like at midnight or yeah two or whatever or just something for them to do you want to keep doing stuff afterwards yeah so, yeah I guess that's, I mean, I definitely like for most of the artists out there, like that's what, what they're trying to do is like do their art. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I and mean, it's like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes you get that stereotype in your head of like when certain artists reach like a certain level that they're kind of like only going to do it if I'm getting paid kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, right. I, I definitely get where it can like be stressful, like, you know, as an artist, like when I'm touring and not just like want to go to bed after a show. But then sometimes like if you have the energy, you like want to do something and like everything else is closed. And, and also I think it was cool for them because at their shows they're like kind of playing like their show their yeah, music yeah. and then they come playing after party you kind of can just dj whatever you want mm-hmm. and it's just a little more like free form style yeah exactly because obviously if people go to see like a justice show they want to hear the yeah they want to hear justice but then music. obviously if they've been on tour <laughs> they're like, like we'd this, love to just go to a party and yeah. just be able to kind of play like we've been playing the same planned out set now for the past <laughs> like five months yeah seriously which is like an amazing like their their live show is yeah. amazing but like yeah. telling the crowd to put their hands up at the yeah. same time every- <laughs> right here yeah do y'all, do y'all do that when you like put your hands up or is that like a <laughs> yeah there's yeah i mean i know I, yeah. <laughs> no i didn't mean like that but i just meant like i love how like it's one of those funny things where i feel like it's like kind of a cliche but then like when you're at a show it's and the fun. dj yeah. tells to put your hands up like <laughs> yeah yeah you put your i mean up, like, i think it gets to this point also yeah. in shows where like you know like these certain moments within like songs because like, yeah. like when we do our live show or like our hybrid show like it's pretty planned out where yeah. you know, we have like live keyboards and the live drummer live vocalist so there's mm-hmm. like all these live elements going on so it's like pretty planned out 
and like there are like stopping points as well so it's not like we're doing a dj set where it's like continuous continuous the whole entire like time. they'll be like stop we'll get on the mic say what's up to people and then like within songs we know there's like certain build up to like parts where it's like yeah this is a part where like every time it works yeah put your hands up and let's go yeah i mean and i guess you guys as the artists are like the experienced curators yeah and like the people want like a, a full-on kind of yeah, an immersive experience. And do you feel like for autograph, I know that since you obviously incorporate like the, the live instruments and whatnot, that you do things like, like you just said, more with like stops and starts and kind of more almost like a band experience as opposed to kind of like you said, like a DJ set, which is just more like continuous. You know, I think every tour has been like different for us. Mm -hmm. And like every tour we go into it thinking about like, this is kind of like the idea and theme of this tour. Yeah. Um, so the tour that was cut in half by COVID, yeah. um, our Ace of You tour, mm -hmm. we had Cole with us singing live. We had yeah. uh, Faye singing with us live for a couple of shows. And then, uh -huh. um, so it was like very like heavily focused on our album tracks and like mm -hmm. having a lot of those songs off the album sung live. Um, mm -hmm. So we brought on like a lot of vocalists for that one. Mm -hmm. um, the tour before that was more of like a DJ tour where Got it. we were playing like more clubs type environments and that was mm -hmm. like that's really fun i think you yeah just, like show up and like just sort you of get to like really like play music for people that like maybe they don't know even and stuff and mm -hmm. then um tours before that we did like live drummers and i don't know so, so it's like always been changing i think and every tour kind of has this theme and like different stage setup what was that the like when you first went on tour like what was the the vibe that you were doing you said that you were doing like more than instruments at the beginning and then you transitioned real quick to the so the so the very first show we, we really like because of my like art background and um, we really wanted to do this like fusion of like art and music mm -hmm, 100%. and we did this uh party called it was like a warhol's factory themed yeah. kind of party where we built all this crazy art and um mm -hmm. definitely taking inspiration from boiler room but we put like the dj booth like in the middle of the room is this the one where there's like a robot or there was a there was a robot there was like a, <laughs> like a nine foot tall soup can um <laughs> Like and it was just, all like made by you. It was all made or by us, and then well, that collaborative artists, collaborative artists yeah, as yeah. well. Um, most of it, though, yeah, it was made by us. Like, let's see, like uh, we had this giant robot that was made. <laughs> the soup can we made. Yeah. Um, this ten foot long cigarette that like shot smoke out the front of it. <laughs> made all these like yeah. Brillo box installation pieces, and then we had like other artists do these like murals and other stuff as well. Mm -hmm. It was just like this really cool party where yeah, um, everything was. You know, just like so that was immersive. your guys' take to try to kind of like like the the new thing that you brought to the yeah it was like yeah just like do something a little different and like there was no like it wasn't like there was like a backstage area it was yeah. like the stage was on the floor you could like kind of walk around the stage uh -huh. but the actual stage we did a house of blues mm -hmm. anyone could like kind of wait in line to go onto stage essentially but yeah. from the stage that's where all like the big installations were so you kind of go there 100%. and look at the installations and take pictures and then like also kind of get this different vantage point of. From behind the dj which is kind of cool yeah that's super super cool so going back after you were in your your uh just to kind of get a full history yeah. of everything so <laughs> gonna go reverse so so yeah we did the loft party thing yeah, you're doing the loft parties um, and whatnot and, and started like gaining traction and just like mm -hmm. people wanting us to do more stuff we took on a couple of like club residencies uh -huh. in chicago so we had um a weekly party at angels and kings called mm -hmm. uh, yeah angels and kings did a weekly party a monthly huh. party at Beauty Bar called Die Tonight, which was like this Halloween themed party. Yeah. An 18 plus party called DeLorean Nights. Yeah. It was like at Lincoln Hall. It was like near DePaul College. Mm -hmm. um, we had spy bars um, from 2 to 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. a week mm -hmm. for a while. And just like, yeah, just a ton of these different like residency yeah. parties. And like we kind of very much like curated themes for them. And like they were mm -hmm. also, I think like a big thing for everything we were always doing was like very like immersive. 
yeah. experiences. And even to this day, I think everything we do, we want to like be very immersive. Like, yeah, it definitely sets you apart. Yeah. And also it's just kind of, a, like you said, it's yeah. like a, the whole entire experience other than just like, just to showing up for yeah. the show. So yeah, so I guess we did those for a long time. Um, and then uh, just started working together. We did like this other project for a while that was like more like a bass music project. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point it was just, it was you and Lewis, so right? Lewis or, and I, and then uh, this guy, Graham from Chicago, who we did the Die Tonight parties with. And he had mm-hmm. a group called the Doce Vida. And then three of us formed another group mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And then it was like kind of this like whole crew. So like him and his buddy yeah. had a group. The three of us had a group. Then him and his girlfriend had a group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his girlfriend had this other group with one of their friends called Money Penny. So there was like mm-hmm. kind of like six of us, like six different groups. But a mm-hmm. lot of the members were like very overlapping. 100%. In it. Uh-huh. And uh, it was like a very like collaborative effort between like all of us within those groups mm-hmm. kind of working together. And, stuff. and at this time, did you have any particular like directional goals that you were trying to go or were you kind of just basically trying to get involved in whatever you possibly could just because it was fun to do it was just fun to do at that time yeah like it was never something where i thought like oh this is like i end up doing for a living type yeah 100 percent. i was just like this is cool like throwing some parties on the weekends or during the week and Mm -hmm. uh getting paid for it yeah (laughs) did you have a day job at the time or were you able to make just enough to like uh so like i had my gallery which is also like a printing company Mm -hmm. um so that was like my day job was like i had like a silk screening company okay so just something to kind of pay the bills yeah yeah which was kind of nice because it was like my my business as well so i did have like some of my own hours so it wasn't like yeah that's really (laughs) um I mean, I, I had, when I first started, like I did have other jobs, I guess, as well. I was like a bike messenger for a while. Yeah. I worked at a clothing store as well for a little bit. Yeah. Like, Everyone's got those classic day jobs. Yeah. So I, I definitely had some <laughs> Waiter. <those>. Yeah. <laughs> stuff that, but like it was all stuff that like kind of let you set your own hours. Like mm-hmm. as a bike messenger, like it was cool because like you didn't have to go into work if you didn't want to. You just like called in when you wanted to go into work. <laughs> um, yeah. The clothing store I worked at at Kira was like very much rooted in like the, like this Wicker Park neighborhood in Chicago, which is kind of like at the time, like the art and mm-hmm. music centric hub for what I was doing. And the owner, John, was like really cool about like always trying to bring in like cool creative people. And like, yeah, it's like interesting just looking back at the people that he even hired were always huh. like a lot of them have gone on to like do big things Think now so. <laughs> um, within like music and art and whatnot. So like I think he like really wanted people that he saw were like leaders in the industry and yeah. saw potential in them. And Absolutely. Hired those people always. That's super, super cool. Yeah. And so then going from there, at what point did Autograph start to kind of... So we did the other group for a while and mm-hmm. like we signed to Ultra with that group and mm-hmm. did a couple of tours. Um, and we had this like kind of crazy laser show we put together. Mm-hmm. It was like this this good, like this big pyramid, very yeah. like Daft Punk inspired, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a big pyramid that we were inside of. Uh-huh. Um, it was like, a, like an eye, basically, like a triangle eye. And then yeah. there was like these lasers that shot out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like very much like a stage show as well. Huh. And we did that group for a while. And then I think just like musically, I wasn't feeling those but shows yeah. as much yeah. and just kind of wanted like a change of pace. And mm-hmm. that's when we launched Autograph. And mm-hmm. it was kind of one of the things we launched. Not like when we first launched it, like we didn't, we didn't really launch it like in Chicago. Which was yeah. Like, it was kind of like we tried to launch it more as a national thing, like where uh-huh. we kind of just put the music out on blogs and whatnot mm-hmm. and and so when you first started Autograph, like uh, it's kind of going off the same question I asked earlier, was it more, it was just kind of a continuation of this, like, we're just kind of having fun with it. Like we see potential in this idea and we want to try to do it, but it was not so much of like this, like this is like a golden idea or, or was it kind of a combination of both? Like, you know, we think this is a it's, really. No, just like really something for a change. I mean, a lot of people were just like, why would you like abandon like a 
decently successful group like yeah. to go do something new and and i was just like nah, i don't know like we just want to try something new <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think like that ultimately though like that, that's like how you maintain like that longevity and like yeah. and also maintain the passion yeah i think that's like the main thing like if you're not passionate about what you're doing mm -hmm. then you're not gonna like give it your all and at yeah. the end of the day it's gonna like fail as a result of that uh -huh. and i feel like you see that in so many art i mean i feel like that it's kind of this interesting situation you have where uh for example, like a lot of artists who might make like a hit album and there's almost this kind of pressure to make something that's like very similar. Yeah. You know, where it's this kind of, but then oftentimes if they try to make something that's exactly like that, then it's not the same. So it's just yeah. kind of like, in order to maintain that passion and continue making great art, you almost have to sometimes change a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I look at, you look at like, I feel like Daft Punk's like the classic example mm -hmm. of this where like they, their albums, like uh, before Random Access Memories, like everyone's yeah. like, how are you going to follow that yeah. album up before? And like Random Access Memories is so different from like previous yeah. albums. And I think it was just like, for them just going in a new direction and doing something new mm -hmm. and like i mean like obviously i i like the earlier stuff more i would say yeah. but like that's not to say that the new stuff isn't like amazing and good yeah. as well I, mean, I almost kind of well I'm, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head but i almost feel like that is like almost how it has to be for an artist in order to like continue like i feel like it just has to, like in order for them to make continue making like great stuff it almost seems like it has to be something like different well i think I it'd be like one, yeah i think it'd be like one of two things like you fall into like this formula where like this is like your formula and uh -huh. this is your sound yeah and you're like gonna keep creating that sound over and over and over again mm -hmm. and people are gonna like love it i think yeah i guess a lot of famous like edm artists have yeah. like a singer like a like the, whatever like the kaigo pluck or something like that yeah, yeah Avicii, like, i don't know like yeah. that you know like the super saw or something like yeah. that or like the, and that, that's what you're known for and you kind of keep using that sound over and over again uh -huh. So yeah, no, I guess that's a good point. Cause I, I don't know why, like whenever I think of like bands that I, like, I think of like Red Hot Chili Peppers a lot in the sense that like they obviously is not EDM, but like in the yeah. way that like some of like the earlier stuff was like super funky and it was like fantastic. Yeah. And, like they kind of like the, then they kind of went in like the pop scene and then the whatnot. So it almost feels like if they were just to keep making like the, the same stuff that they first made, they would just kind of get like dry. Yeah, it'd get, but it's, it'd get old probably for them, I bet. Yeah, hundred percent. And so then now Autograph, you say the most recent tour cut short by COVID. Yeah. So I guess we're, <laughs> we're going to yeah. talk COVID for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the, the question I had was, did you feel as if like everything right now is just like in a complete standstill? I, I mean, as in like, is, is this kind of tough thing where like, is there like kind of a train that's going that like if some people hop on that train, they're going to kind of like ride through COVID or is it almost just like it's a free for all or? There's just like so many different avenues now, yeah. I think. Like there was definitely like this projected avenue that we were like on before. Like we were like doing this tour, mm -hmm. we're going to release our album. Um, and the album was supposed to be out like, you know, back in spring yeah. originally, like with the tour sort of, and uh -huh. all of that obviously got delayed. Mm -hmm. Now our album comes out the 23rd of this month. Mm -hmm. So everything did kind of get pushed, I think a lot, mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot of other stuff in there like that people started doing instead, like live streaming, obviously being like the big one where mm -hmm. like there's all these like cool live stream events and stuff. And, and do you feel like the live streams were necessary to remain relevant? I mean, do you think an artist, like, unless, like, basically maybe not taking consideration, like, the huge, huge artists, but, like, for most artists, yeah. you feel like, like, if an artist had said, you know what, we're going to go dormant for a year, that would just completely, like... That would, I think that would really hurt them, unless you yeah. are, like, this huge artist. Like, where, Drake like, or something like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like just, if Drake wants to go quiet for a year and, like, come back it'd be like, like, a tour. <laughs> yeah. just, like, it'd be, one, like, sold out. And yeah, then, like, yeah. when he's going to get, like, all the press when he comes back, whereas, yeah. like, like, if I disappeared for a year and come <laughs> back, like... I don't know, like I'm not gonna be on the cover of like Spin Magazine or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's literally like yeah. what Kanye will do, where he'll yeah. kind of be like kind of quiet for a while, then all of a sudden like make a tweet story about something that's crazy. Yeah, and everyone's like, and then he's like, all right, I'm dropping an album in a week. <laughs> yeah, and then like all the news coverage and whatnot. But like, unless you're at the point where like like TMZ wants to cover you, <laughs> mm -hmm. and you're like, 
on the front of cover of Rolling Stone or something like yeah. I think it it is important for artists to like mm-hmm. really continue to stay mm-hmm. relevant and connect with their fan base in whatever way they can. So basically just kind of try to bridge the gap. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously like the streaming is not a not a very like lucrative it's not lucrative it's, it's at all. It's purely yeah. just for that maintenance of yeah, the, uh, yeah. which is nice. I mean, obviously, as an artist, you're doing it for the passion of it, and also to like the the relationship with the fans. Yeah. So like, you want to provide them that stuff so yeah. that like when things get going. And I think it's been cool, like, to see from like when COVID kind of first started, like what streams were to what they are now. Like even for us personally, when we first started, it was like I'm gonna set up my DJ decks yeah. against like this white wall and like yeah. DJ, and then and it was like really oh, come along. Now I can like. Let me like figure out how to use like a green screen. <laughs> Did that. I feel like everyone's a green screen pro now. now. <laughs> now everyone has a green screen. And then yeah. they're like, well, what else can we do? And then we were like, well, what if I like mount some like 360 cameras to a car yeah. and like start driving around and like DJ in a car? So we did that and like, let's go to like some cool locations. We went to like San Francisco, DJed on this like aircraft carrier, went to Lake Tahoe with EDM.com for yeah. their race camp party. Um, uh-huh. Went to Joshua Tree, did some cool stuff yeah. out there that's, that's pretty be cool. really soon. So. Yeah, there's all these. So like, we cool force things. the creativity. Yeah, yeah, and I, that, yeah. yeah, you force the creativity, and you do cool stuff. One hundred percent. No, I mean, I think that's crazy. Like, um, now the next thing that I was gonna bring up is TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> so I know everyone has been talking about TikTok lately. It's kind of like the big. Uh, I don't know. It's just the, uh, the. Obviously, it's an app that is like never before has anything combined. I feel like social media along with music so well. Um, so do you feel like? every artist should be on TikTok or is it kind of like a same thing that I was talking about earlier where is like, is that like, is TikTok like a train that if you're not on, you're missing it or is it just you're definitely missing it if you're not on it, I think. Yeah. Um, but I don't think as an artist, I think there's like several ways to do TikTok. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. as an artist, you can try to be like a big personality on TikTok doing like something that's yeah. relevant to TikTok or uh-huh. like you can like get your songs to blow up on TikTok, which is like easier said than done, obviously. But uh-huh. like, I think those are kind of like the two TikTok paths right now. And do you feel like there's ever been an app that, or like a way that like a musician can get their music out there as like effectively as TikTok in terms of the way that has like that viral ability to kind of just blow up? So with every era, yeah. there's been different things that have come up. You know, there was like, I think this like blog era, and uh-huh. hype machine, and then SoundCloud, yeah. and then Spotify playlisting. Mm-hmm. Now TikTok is the big thing. So there's always like these different things I think that come about. I think the difference with TikTok though is it's not so music it's music focused, but yeah. also not music focused. Yeah. Like Spotify and SoundCloud and music blogs and hype mm-hmm. machine were They're all just like, about the music. They were just about the music. Yeah. Where TikTok is about the personalities on there, the yeah. dancing, the vibe the, and everything. Like, and then there's like not to, lots of like, you know, it's like lots of not music stuff on there as yeah, well. And hundred percent. You know, and I don't think like any artists really broke on Instagram the mm-hmm. way that like an artist can break on TikTok. I think mm. like TikTok does incorporate the music a lot stronger. Absolutely. I mean, it's very advantageous. Instagram. I mean, if you think about it, like I feel like in, on Instagram, you'd really have to like go out of your way to try to, but like TikTok, yeah. obviously like on the explore page, you can literally just be going and all of a sudden like you'll see something funny. Then all of a sudden you'll see something that's just like an amazing song coupled with a cool video. And you're like, yeah. wow. Like, and it's just like there. Yeah. Like just, Instagram was like the discovery aspect of Instagram probably wasn't, it wasn't nearly as strong as the discovery yeah. aspect for TikTok and like exactly. the curation that TikTok does. Well, TikTok, it's fascinating. Really? Like, I, I mean, I, I like obviously on almost every single app that I've ever used where like you, you have like your, the people you follow. Yeah. But then like when I, I mean, I haven't been using TikTok as much lately, but when I do like, it's, it's all about like the explore page or the, the homepage yeah. or whatever, which is just completely like random I, you know, almost like algorithmically determine like who I'm going to want to be interested in, which is just so much more encouraging of me exploring because like, I, I don't just have like, I do have my followers that are people that I follow, but it's just so much more about like that, that, that kind of random selection. It's, it's funny. Cause like, I'm not actively like on TikTok as like, mm-hmm. like 
I mean, we have like an autograph TikTok, yeah. but like it's not extremely active. Mm-hmm. But I find myself, if I have to like choose like a social media platform, mm-hmm. like TikTok is kind of like the most interesting right now. Like yeah. the videos and like they're very much like the discovery aspect of it. And I feel like it's almost like if you took Instagram and YouTube and kind of mm-hmm. combine them together into like a short format. That's what TikTok is. Yeah. And I find myself, I find myself mostly on TikTok and YouTube, even though it's funny because it's like, two platforms i'm not like actively creating content for but you're still consuming i'm consuming the probably the most on youtube and tiktok you feel like instagram is sort of kind of i mean it's obviously still incredibly essential it's almost like ah it's like like one of the trio of apps that people like consistently use but like do you feel like it's kind of fading a little bit in terms of it i mean i would say instagram is like the main (laughs) app like everyone's gonna ask like it's like your homepage, your homepage. yeah Yeah. it's like where do i reach out to you on oh here's my instagram Mm -hmm. on instagram Mm. Um, everyone has an Instagram and I, and it's not, it's not nearly as cluttered as like a Facebook would be. hundred percent. Yeah. So I think Instagram is still like the go to right now. Like, yeah, it's your profile too. Yeah. It's your I mean, even if you show your TikTok, it's sort of like, this is what I do, but your Instagram is just very much like, like yeah. I said, it's a, it's like a, your obviously images of yeah. you. Um, another thing that I was, <clears throat> so actually I watched this video, uh, a while back. It was like an interview with Coldplay mm-hmm. and they were kind of going through like their, their practice space and they, showed like a list of like their band rules and one of them was basically like don't talk to the press too much like remain mysterious so it's very interesting because i feel like these days like there's been this intense like societal change towards uh more openness and vulnerability especially because of tiktok you know and so i wonder like if as an artist these days like it's more valuable to kind of change from being like the too cool kind of instagram artist to like maybe being a lot more vulnerable and stuff to your fans I think it really depends on your brand as an artist. Because okay. you have like a lot of artists that do remain <clears throat> super mysterious that yeah. are like definitely crushing it. Like uh-huh. <clears throat> like I like Marshmallow being like the biggest one. Yeah. Um I feel like even kinda like well, I don't know if this is a really good example of mystery, but like Frank Ocean who just like everyone yeah. saw drops and out like Yeah, Frank Ocean. Yeah, his Instagram is very active. I think Zoo's a good example. Like mm-hmm. for a long time, like Zoo didn't even like when he played live shows, you didn't even see who he was really. He was like behind this like cool LED curtain thing with like fog and stuff. Yeah. So um, really, it just is brand dependent. It is very brand dependent. But then I think there's also artists that are like very much like connecting with their fans on a personal level about something, mm-hmm. like like a Lizzo or something like that, where she's yeah. like very much like connecting with her fans about who she is and very open about who she is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I wonder though, like, do you feel like in the past there was more of like a uh, like a, a desire for people to be that kind of like cool artist, and that now or like. I'm trying to say like uh, as in like now obviously we just talked about like there's the open like anyone could, people could be a vulnerable artist or you could be like the mysterious artist but like you know maybe back in like the 90s and like the like the 2000s where is it like more like I'm trying to think of like artists that were like trying to be super vulnerable back then or if it was as accepted you, you know what I'm trying to say I think there was a <clears throat> I think there wasn't a, as much of a direct line of communication to artists yeah. back then so therefore it was almost like they were mysterious by default by because, default yeah, yeah. like <clears throat> I guess you, like even like like I guess like you had like Facebook or MySpace, but I don't yeah. think those were like nearly. No, I mean as, it's crazy. Like nowadays, you really yeah. like you can just instantly connect with yeah. each individual fan if you would like to. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think it's just a little different in terms of like where technology is now and mm-hmm. whatnot. And so, do you feel like um, what's kind of next for artists right now? I mean, do, do you think that like you kind of just have to keep weathering this COVID storm? I mean, obviously yeah. you have to, but like <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of. <laughs> like gonna move to another country no um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever one's open first yeah like prohibition like yeah. just <laughs> go to florida yeah. <laughs> uh no yeah, i mean yeah i, I think you just, i mean there's a lot of different ways you can go like you can just create cool new content you could mm-hmm. start a tiktok and like really get into that yeah. um 
you know, I, I do think sometimes it is hard to connect with a fan base. Like when you're first starting out, it's really hard to connect with a fan base because yeah. you, you don't have a fan base yet. Yeah. So like <laughs> yeah. you're more like trying to connect with people like on a equals like friendship level. And 100%. I think that's, I think that right now that's like a really important thing. Like if you're mm -hmm. starting out as an artist, like go out there and like network with other artists mm -hmm. that are starting out as well. And kind of create something together and then mm. it's like you all grow together your yeah. fan bases will start to grow and they'll overlap <laughs> mm -hmm. with each other and 100 get exposure through that mm -hmm. and so do you think that there's going to be like a, a huge like resurgence of like like as soon as things start opening back up again that people are going to just want to like flock back out there and just really like <clears throat> or do you think that it'll kind of almost shift like a, a permanent change and like the way that people consume all this yeah i don't know it's tough to <clears throat> say <laughs> i mean i don't think I think live streaming will stay now. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to replace live shows at 100%. all because it's just like such yeah, a different experience. Yeah, 100%. But I think people will want to be able to connect more with artists through live streams mm -hmm. just because we've been able, they've been able to during this time and something they're playing. So do you feel like it'd be like an extra burden on the artists once like things get like? Do you think that people have like a, a like an expectation that they maintain the same level of almost like online presence that they did along with? Yeah, you know, we have like every single artist has like a vlog now, and like yeah. everyone's got an active TikTok even while they're touring, even while they're you know trying to say as things open back up. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's gonna be the new normal, and hmm. you know, I mean, for a lot of artists, obviously they have like teams that can like curate that that's stuff. That's true. Yeah, but even for us, like we're doing a lot of it still like on our own. It when I don't know, like if we started like touring like we were touring before and having to do a lot of stuff we're doing now, I don't know, it's really <laughs> tough. <laughs> so, you have this album that's coming out. What what day again was that again? It comes out October 23rd. And you said that originally this album was going to be coming out when, like, with the tour back in spring. Got it, got yeah. it. So, what do you normally release an album and then go on tour right after? Yeah, I mean, I think or usually, during like, a tour? usually, like, usually you want to like pair music with a tour. So there's like new material, and people are excited about that new material, mm -hmm. and they're coming to your shows to hear that new material. Mm -hmm. um, and so then, what's the uh, why would an artist release an album right now as opposed to maybe waiting, or is it just because well, of the fact that it's indefinite? Yeah, so it's, yeah, so like we released, man, it's like it's like a this album cycle yeah. has been like a year long. Yeah. So we released like the very first single off the album and announced mm -hmm. the album. Like, yeah. Oh, there's an album coming. That was like back in the end of November yeah. last year. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so I was like, the first single, Ain't Deep Enough, came Your out. deep fans have just been like, come on. Yeah. So, so like, we released Ain't Deep Enough, and yeah. uh, that kind of like transferred in. And then like right before the tour, released the second single off the album. Yeah. Tour started, um, got ready to release the third single halfway mm -hmm. through the tour, and then the album kind of at the same time. Yeah. And then that's when everything got cut. Mm -hmm. So we kind of took a lot of those songs and kind of spaced them out and released more singles yeah. up until the album. So like there's still like a constant flow of music going. 100%. Um, and then we actually, the album was going to be like 10 tracks and so now it's 11 tracks. So there's like an extra track on there, which yeah. is kind of cool. Bonus track. Get that bonus track there. <laughs> Fans want. <laughs> yeah. so, so there's 11 tracks on there now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just been kind of like this, this like pushing and pushing and pushing. And now like you don't know when things, I don't know. There's like, yeah, I, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I, I can understand. Like, I feel yeah. like at the beginning it was kind of, I mean, I remember for everyone, regardless of the industry, just life in general, it was like, how long is this going to be? No one knew. And I think yeah. a lot of people just naturally had an assumption that things would just be, oh, like we're going to quarantine for a little while, then it's going to yeah. go away. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, like maybe a month or two. And like, yeah. we still had our festival bookings. Like none of them were canceled mm -hmm. for a while. And then like, it would get like a couple weeks out from like the festival. And then they'd be like, yeah, oh, we're canceling this festival. Yeah. And then like, but, or like, oh, we're moving it to like September. And it's like, okay. Yeah. And, and then, then now like, it's just... and like, it's more time. Actually, we're just canceling this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like, we're doing like an online version of it now. Um, yeah. 
So it's just been kind of like this constant, constant push. And I think that's like on the live music aspects and festival side as well, mm. as well for us on the music side. And we've been like constantly releasing singles off of there, but it's just one of those things where like we want the music to get heard. Yeah, 100%. Like, and it's I, not just completely about that. Yeah. I don't want like this album to like come out like next year. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's like we were talking about music early. by then also. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, 100%. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like we were talking about earlier where it's, uh, I mean, a combination of things where like you still want to obviously stay relevant and contribute stuff to your fans. Yeah. And also, like we said, like it's just at, at what point, like, like there's no definitive return time. Yeah. And so I think naturally it's just like, just release just it. Keep doing it. Yeah. Keep putting it Yeah. And then obviously, since you're doing it because you're passionate about it, then it's just maybe you accept that like this is just the COVID year. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the year when we did things different than everything else. Yeah. And so it's just like get it out there, get people listening to the music and then just kind of move on to the next thing and just accept that like everyone has yeah. kind of been taking some like everyone's life this year has been, you know, a little bit different. Yeah. Personally, how do you feel like uh, like has COVID like contributed to like creativity? Do you feel like you're going to have some like interesting new like thoughts that are going to go into the next album? It's interesting because I mean, like I think definitely like all your experiences are constantly influencing everything you do on yeah. a creative level. So it'll definitely influence in that sense. But mm -hmm. also I think taking this step back from touring and just being like wrapped up in everything like on this 24 yeah. seven, like nonstop, like it's a snowballing effect and like mm -hmm. not really like taking a moment to like pause and mm -hmm. like, you know, now take this moment and pause and look back on it. Mm -hmm. like, you really value a lot of things. And yeah, also have like really looked into doing like other things during this time as well yeah you know so no so i think so overall like it's been kind of probably a decent i mean it's uh making the most out of a kind of unfortunate situation yeah definitely because i can understand where like as an artist like you you just like it's so easy to get like in this constant yeah. cycle and i feel like it's so hard to try to do something new when you have like weeks worth of things ahead of you that are already yeah. planned that you have to do yeah there's so many obligations so yeah now I have all this live streaming knowledge <laughs> that I'd have. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Like, like I said, I mean, we, like we talked about earlier, where like maybe it won't be so hard though. If like if people are asking of you to live stream even once things return to normal, I mean, everyone's got it down so well yeah. now that it's almost just yeah. going to be kind of like a so much easier now. Like I can like before it's like so much trial and error and like figuring it out. Now it's like oh, yeah. I need a live stream. Like I could set that up in like an hour. Yeah, and exactly. Have all the cameras ready and everything yeah. goes. So. I mean, uh, hopefully, I guess the goal for every artist will be to try to incorporate the things that they've learned during this crazy yeah, quarantine yeah. <laughs> into like kind of almost like a whole new like dynamic experience. So, so yeah, before we end, uh, once again, what, what was the release date on that album? So October twenty third, and you can find it on It'll be Spotify, Apple, the usual, every, everywhere, everywhere. Anything? Yeah. Any new ones? No. <laughs> just, the, just the normal ones <laughs> any secret ones yeah. wait do y'all have a website yeah it's uh leaveyourautograph.com there you go autograph with an f at the end okay actually that does i have to ask one more last musical question because uh do you, do you feel like a website these days is like an essential like i mean i know everyone has one but like I, I, like what does the website function mainly as like just, uh for us it's like two one it's like just this landing page of like yeah. you get into your email to stay connected or you can mm -hmm. like find all our social links on there okay and the second thing is there is our like merch stuff on there so if you would like want to buy a t-shirt or something that's where you go gotcha gotcha cool cool all right well michael wing everybody Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap.